Welcome, everybody, to episode 168 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me espousing the benefits of having a robot golf caddy at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me, per usual, is Ty. Where can we find you hauling your sticks on social media? Push them around so I don't hurt my back on Twitter at SCATJK. <laughs> Our friend Matt from the Factopod was saying he still carries, and I was like, at some day your back will tell you to stop. And yeah. until then, I don't know. I kind of like that. I kind of have romanticized that whole that whole bit where you just sort of like sling your sticks across your back and like the sun is setting and you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, you get hit on a motorcycle and then you try to put your bag on a few years later and you're like, Oh, this isn't going to work for me anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is no bueno. But uh, anyway, we've got a great show for you tonight. So we're going to talk a little, uh, a little Marvel. Um, we're going to talk about parents gone wild. <laughs> You know, in a bad way, not yeah. not the good way. And uh, and in, in segment three, we'll have a little bit of a quiz. We'll do the testies, and in the OT, we'll explore the mom joke. I'm interested <laughs> to find out what that is. <laughs> so, uh, but before we start, I thought we'd take a, a, a dip back into um, Chris does local government because oh, my favorite for, because for those of you who don't know, I participate as a volunteer planning commissioner in my local city government, which means, which doesn't mean really anything. I've, I've got no real power, but um, I just, as a representative, like what will happen is as the city proposes ordinances or land use or any of these kinds of things, they have this group of citizens who get together and, you know, try to represent the, the, the needs and wants of the community. So I just happen to be on this commission, which is actually pretty interesting. Someplace. Right, and, and and from what you've told us in the past, it seems like everybody needs and wants everything specifically for them. <laughs> kind of. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to be more community minded, but here was the deal. So if you if you haven't uh, if if you live in the Seattle area and you're listening to us, you'll know that one of the outlying areas, uh, Berrien, has been struggling with this whole food truck business because they <laughs> Berrien. God just lost their minds and said, we're going to have, if you have a food truck, bring it to Berrien. Of course, all the business owners who have restaurants who are like completely struggling in Berrien went, wait, whoa, 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 wait. Right. So this is news to me. I'm learning right now. Okay. So that, that's what happened. So okay. the, uh, so, so um, fast forward, my local communities decided, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we need to create an ordinance around food trucks. Cause you don't want just food trucks showing up. And you know, we've had some food truck stuff. I like, do. <laughs> I mean, I don't, do. I don't know about the government, but, but I want the food you, trucks to show you, up. You, so, okay. So there have been some times where the, the city has, has, you know, had food truck round up like, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, have a couple of food trucks come to the park and here and there and doing these kinds of things. But, and that was, that was last year or before last year, pre-COVID. Like, it was kind of mm -hmm. a fun thing to do. Um, but ever since COVID, right, everybody's, like, completely struggling. All your restaurants are struggling. Everything's, sure. yeah. So so we went into this ordinance, and I was of the mind that, hey, let's sort of, at least for the short term, let's prioritize local businesses, right? They, they, they invest in their buildings. They, you know, they hire people from the community, you know. They pay sales tax, all these other other fun things, and mm -hmm. you know they they support the community in a lot of ways, and so it's like let's let's just prioritize them. And that was and and the ordinance pretty much reflects that. You know, it's like oh for now let's just make sure that we we're somewhat restrictive of food trucks. Sure. So there's there's a gas station that has that 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 has these food trucks in it, like. They just, I don't know. I think the the gas station owner just decided like he's got a bunch of extra parking lot space. Yeah. So he's just like, let these, lets these food trucks show up. Mm -hmm. Not so, uncommon. Right. So there've been some public comments and all these kind of things, but, but one of the, but one of the, uh, one of the food trucks who's in danger of losing their spot because it's inside what we call the downtown area, mm -hmm. which we will likely, you know, I think the ordinance restricts food trucks from being in the downtown area he writes here's his food truck argument 
He says, food trucks provide low-cost, high-quality food to the citizens of your city. <laughs> okay. Right. Depending. All right. So, hit and miss. Sure. Right. <laughs> hit and miss. I'm generally, I don't eat a lot of food truck. Because first of all, I feel like you pay a lot of money and then you have to eat standing up in some parking lot. <laughs> so I'm generally, your, your food has to be pretty good. It, I think it, the food truck experience in, here in our city is fairly varied and for the most part high quality. I would very much quibble with the idea that it's low cost in any way. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know where the low cost ones are. They're not in the, apparently the areas that I, I'm in. I've never found one. I, and I used to work in, in an area where there was lots of food trucks that were, that was like, we used to call it the vortex, right? There's nowhere to eat down there. Uh-huh. And so many of the parking lots would have food trucks in them. Um, it wasn't a fancy area of town. And yet the food was not in any way inexpensive. <laughs> like if you could get out of a food truck lunch after tip less than 20 bucks, you'd be doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and a, yeah. And a $20 lunch is pretty serious business, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could like skimp, right? You could get enough for maybe two-thirds of that price. Uh-huh. But yeah, if you wanted like a complete meal, for sure $20. <laughs> All right. All right, here's 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 this person's second point. He says, "The city council is caving into greedy landlords, high rent demands and unfairly attacking small business food truck owners and minority-owned businesses." <laughs> Not altogether incorrect, I also. <laughs> Other than the fact that pretty much every restaurant in our town is owned by a minority. Like, okay. <laughs> anyway. But this anyway. is just a blank. See, the thing is, is if you own a food truck, uh-huh. that's your view of the world, I, right. I would imagine, for the most yeah. part. Um, and right. especially because if you started a food truck, it's because br- starting a brick and mortar restaurant is, first of all, not a great idea. Um, like a terrible, like as far as, as, far as successful. Sure. Like the, the, your, the, the chances that you're going to be successful is, is relatively low. Yeah. And unless you're super expanding, expensive. unless you're expanding, like if you like if you already have a successful restaurant business, you might open up a new location and have a much better chance of of succeeding. But like if I had a friend that cooked and wanted to start a restaurant, <laughs> food it. truck is probably the right idea. Food truck is definitely the right idea. Yeah, because then you can expand to brick and mortar, <laughs> assuming your food truck is successful enough. I like I just I just like the idea of greedy landlords. And, yeah, well, I mean that's just the world we live in. I mean. It, Commercial real estate isn't free. Real estate generally isn't free, especially in our part of the world, right? Let's be clear. All right, and and here's his his last point. We live in a capitalist society where best quality, low cost, and great service wins and not favoritism for rich corporations. That's definitely not the truth. (laughs) We absolutely do not. The first part, we live in a capitalist society, and I cut out that middle sentence, and then just the last part. So read that sentence again. All right, here, yeah. Okay. Well, this is the this is the tie edit. We live in a capitalist society where there is favoritism for rich corporations. Correct. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the accurate part. I like I like so that. You, we you, we live in a capitalist society. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, this person has uh, uh, about 60% of an argument, maybe 50% of an argument. Yeah. And you know what? I get it. You're hustling and I appreciate, you know mm-hmm. what I, you're, you've got a business, you're hustling, you're trying you're doing the best you can. You'd like this thing to get off the ground. You'd like to make some money. I get that. I get yeah. that. I mean, I think that, that you should, as a city, just zone a few spots and then it's just first come first serve. I mean, that might end up where it is later on down the road, but right now it's just like, you know what? I think we're sort of we're, we're we're being a little bit protectionist about our local businesses, and and I'm I'm fine with it for now. I'm fine with it in the short term. At some point, hopefully, if people continue to get their vaccinations and do the right things, as we've encouraged them all along to do <laughs> here on the Two on Three podcast, perhaps someday business will be at such a at, at a rate where okay, you know what we can we now that everyone's doing okay we can add a little variety, you know, variety into the community. Maybe we'll set up a couple of spots where people can park a, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, Well, let me, let me, let me, for just a moment, examine Mm -hmm. the other side of this, because for instance, and this is a ridiculous metaphor, but stay with me. So as I don't know if we've discussed it on the pod, but I, I, I purchased a personal golf machine last year, right? Yes. It's a motorcycle. That's a golf cart, right? Yes. Okay. 
So this is predicated on the idea that I can bring it on the course. Mm. And these courses, depending on which one we're talking about, some are cool, some are not so cool. And they're like, well, you're going to pay us a trail fee, right? Because our business is part of our business is renting a golf cart. Mm. And I'm like, fair, but I don't ever rent a cart here. Like if I don't bring my bike, I'm not renting a cart from you. So my argument to you about the food truck is that perhaps protecting your local business makes sense. But as a patron, I may not eat at those restaurants regardless. So to some extent, maybe you need to, you know, vote on the food truck issue. Popular vote. (laughs) We've kicked. Now we've got Here's how the planning commission works. You you basically get your ordinance together with the city staff who write the ordinance. And then you got to kick it up to the city council. The elected officials will then make the final decision on whether to enact the ordinance, or they might even ask for amendments and changes and whatnot. So, so we've done our bit. We've kicked it up the road. We feel good about the shape it's in. They'll let the elected officials hash out the, the, the bits and pieces of it. But you know, it's, it's, you know, I think as a city, you want your, you want people who are making investments in your city in that way to feel like you see them, right? Like we see you. Well, I mean, then organize, you can also organize a permitting system, which is a pain in the ass, but if that's really what you want to do, then you can right zone it and then do permitting and have yeah. it be certain days I mean, for certain businesses and, it, it, yeah. and make them fold them into the fabric of your community. There are plenty of provision. There are provisions in the ordinance that allow people to, if you need, if you want to hire a food truck for an event and all that kind of stuff, you can totally do that. You just can't roll up into town park yourself somewhere and like throw the doors open and be open for business. Even on the land of a private business though, like the gas station in not with no food trucks within the downtown core. That was the, you're retroactively applying these rules. These rules didn't exist. I know, which is, which is maybe the gas station owner bought that gas station so that his buddy had a place to park his food truck. Listen, I know that's, I mean, those are, these are, this is what, this is what's kind of juicy, like in a, in a small town way about, being involved in local government because there's a there's a debate to be had and i'm actually kind of looking forward to hearing about how we live in a capitalist society (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into this show segment number one all right so um we've just wrapped up a short season of the falcon and the winter soldier the Falcon. Mm. Remember the Falcon and the Snowman, the old the the Sean Penn Tim Hutton movie from the eighties. Vaguely, it's not. I don't know. It's fair. It's unremarkable, which always reminds me when I think about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, I'm like, oh, Falcon and the Snowman. I don't know. But <laughs> thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> but um, but uh, you got a chance to watch. Did you get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I watched it weekly. Yeah, it's great. So th- here's the here's another non sequitur that. I find that I, find, I every time I turn on the TV, it turns out Anthony Mackie was in every movie for the last eight years. Like he's in every movie. He's so he's. I just turn like you'll turn on. I'll just be skirting past again. Last of the Channel Surfers. I will skirt past the movie. I'll be like Anthony Mackie's in this movie. I had no idea. He's, he's had a solid career. He's doing, not, maybe not quite as good as it should be. Honestly. Yeah, he's doing. He great. works a lot. He works a lot. Yeah. He works a lot, and I appreciate. I appreciate him. Yeah, and the uh, I disliked for- Altered Carbon season two so much though it like it sort of almost poisoned the well for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I really hated it because I really really liked the first season and I really hated the second one. Anyway, yeah, I, I uh, had to get my non sequitur in there. Right. So, um, the uh, so talk to me. What did what did you think about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Um, it wasn't long enough for the story they were telling. Uh, there weren't enough episodes. Um, I really had a problem with like the motivations of what become what John Walker and yeah. like the idea that unpowered captain America just is allowed to freelance like globally. Like, I, <laughs> so, I mean, he's going to die, right? He's just some dude, right? He doesn't, he's not, he's going to be power. So he's going to mm-hmm. be out there doing whatever he's doing. He's going to get killed. Just like, I mean, his buddy got killed in the field, right? That sure. was going to happen to him. Right. And so I just, I, that whole logic of yeah. them just letting him like, he's loose. a good, he's yeah. So, so, so in the broader, yeah. So the details don't really pan out, right? If you look at it too closely, right? You're like that guy was dead. We're gonna put you in a Captain America outfit with no superpowers, you're and dead, cu- and cut you loose in Germany or wherever. This guy would have been assassinated in a hot <laughs> second. 
<laughs> yeah, it just shows up places. Like he just shows up in, in places. Yeah. But the story they're trying to tell you, which is great because Marvel's really good at this, is remember the little speech? It's like, you know, they don't want the we don't want a perfect soldier. We want a good man. Right. You remember that little speech that he gets before he gets the before Steve gets the super serum? Sure. Well, that he's the good man. This is what happens when you put the serum in a perfect soldier. Right, right. Right. He does bad shit. Right. Because because he's tainted by by the soldier. He has to he's had to make morally ambiguous decisions for in the field for years. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they warned you of this. Stanley Tucci. Foreign Stanley... Opera- like, military <laughs> foreign operation by the United States, regardless of circumstance, is morally ambiguous. Yeah. Like, barring basically absolute humanitarian crisis and then, and, and then subsequent intervention, right. every other operation in real life that the United States is engaged in is morally ambiguous, at best. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, yes. So then, so then they put him in that situation. So it was... It was just kind of messed up, right? It just, just like, it doesn't we really gonna... make you sense. It's like, why would the government send unpowered Captain America anywhere? It doesn't make any sense. And then, like, <laughs> it happens so fast. I mean, the turn you see coming immediately, right? Because yeah. he comes out basically sneering like, <laughs> when he gets introduced. Right. Like, okay, well, that guy's going to end up as a bad as a bad guy. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, if you're familiar with the comics, you know that he's he's going to be U.S. agent just by the, uh-huh. the iconography on the on the costume immediately. It's like, yeah. oh, well, okay, now I know what that yeah. is. Right. Um, and then, of course, we know that we're the, the show is getting us to a point, and the point was Sam becomes Captain America, right? That yes. is the inevitable conclusion. We so know. we have to get there, I and mean, it just wasn't enough time to do what they needed to do with all the various characters. Right. What do you think about Emphis Nest and the Flag Smashers? I don't care about them at all, <laughs> right. and that's part of the show's problem. <laughs> yeah. Not enough time to. I mean, I, I think the concept is actually an interesting one: the repatriation after the snap. The idea yeah. that, you know, okay, well, half the people are gone, so a bunch of people are going to move around the world and uh-huh. resettle. And then five years later, boom, you know, these people show back up in your house. Right. Uh, and they, not, they, just, they, not just people, half the people in the world. Right. Like, it, it, yeah. like, like three and a half billion people show up again. Right. <laughs> if you, it's just, it's, it's, we're lucky that the world's in as decent a shape as it's it, to be honest with you. Right. What, what, so what did you think about, what did you think about, um, what did you think about, um, Sam's deal? Um, like, I was fine with everything related to his arc, except for the way that the updated suit looked. And that's, look, it's true to the artwork, mm-hmm. but it just looked bad. Yeah. Like sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes comic book outfits look good on film and sometimes comic book outfits don't look good on film. And, you know, it takes, I noticed that it takes Marvel iterations to get it right. Uh-huh. Like, look at Steve. Yeah. Like, obviously, I mean, it makes sense for his suit to get better because the time passes. Yeah. In the first movie, he's literally wearing a costume. And mm. it actually works better when he's wearing, like, when, when they come out from the field and he's got the leather jacket with the sort of just the regular, you know. With the, yeah, with the A helmet that he stole from the chorus girl and the, and the, yeah. and the army pants and boots and. Yes. And yeah, like, that's a better look right until later when it becomes more, more practical, more tactical. Um, but Sam's Captain America suit, the white ring around his head, like his open topped <laughs> lid was just, I know that's how it looks in the comic, but it's just, yes. it's insane. It looks insane. It, the it, goggles sit weird on his face. They needed to refit the whole thing. Yes. I mean, yes, of course the Falcon, like the Falcon I grew up with that, that suit is hilariously bad. Like, oh yeah, it's you like look a at you cape look wings. It's it's insane. <laughs> it's terrible. But 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 why would you give a guy who could fly as fast as him not a full helmet? Like I, exactly, for, my for, thought. I was like, for, no, we have him, a helmet for the for the Falcon. Is like like that opening scene where he's flying against the jet the the fighter jets. It's like how can a guy just have goggles on? Like it was. It's, <laughs> I mean, there are missiles going off and stuff. It's like, can we can, can we just give him like a Stark helmet that like like shows up, like just like yeah. like like just like yeah. Like, it could have. This is one of the times where I feel like the show needed to take some license and update. Uh huh. Like you know, I want show me elements of the books, but don't don't become beholden to them in a way that like makes it look stupid. Like just right. look at it and be like, man, man this looks bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about um, 
let, let me let me let me do one more thing for Sam. Now it sounds like we're bagging on this thing because it's kind of easy to poke holes in. I did enjoy it. I did I did enjoy it for what it's worth. It was I know it, what I'm getting into. Right, but here's the deal. It's this it, what I call the bionic man issue. You know how how the six million dollar man has a bionic arm, and if he grabbed a car with it to pick it up, it would just rip out of his skeleton. Right, right. <laughs> like if you don't have a bionic back, you're not picking up anything. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's not. You, you just have to go with that idea. Yeah, yes, okay. I have a super powered arm. It's just it somehow my <laughs> body somehow manages it. Somehow, yes. somehow it's somehow we've secured it in a way that doesn't rip out every time I try to pull hard. I'm on past something. that. I'm past the physics right, of right. your, your yes. robot arm not working properly. It is the same thing that happened when Sam stops that armored truck from going over the side of the thing where he flies up to it and he just he just kind of gets it into his chest and then he turns on the jet like yeah. hard. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Like, it's like, dude, you don't have super serum. I mean, we're, you're, you're ripping, you're breaking your arm. You're, you're breaking your wrists and you're dislocating all your shoulders. It's over. Like you're, no, he just understands perfect leverage. <laughs> see, I bought I that. No, that was definitely a terrible part, but that's a, that's just a thing that superheroes can do. We could fix this by just giving him a Stark, a Stark suit, just like, gauntlets, even something. Just, a, just Stark suit. Just give him a a lightly layered Spider Man esque type Stark suit. We know that we know that Stark makes a a a small flexible suit. I'm sorry, I've seen the Black Panther costume. The Wakandans could have gone a little further. So for anybody <laughs> who didn't watch the show and who's already into these spoilers, the Wakandans make him a new suit after the original gets destroyed. Right, but. Clearly, they can make a whole suit fit in a necklace. So I don't really understand why they're doing <laughs> Sam so dirty. Like, here's this giant backpack with these wings. Yeah. Like, I just, what? Why can't I get a necklace with wings? And how's this padded? Here's this big padded outfit that you. He could just wear. wear he could literally wear like like uh, just sleeveless shirt, like Wakandan sleeveless shirt that just turned into everything. It, you know. You know what happened? The Wakandans. The Wakandans were too busy making an awesome new arm for the Winter Soldier. <laughs> That black well, that happened that black, a long time ago. That black gold arm is so awesome. It it's, looks great. It's great. And and I love the fact that that um he just like rips the sleeve off of his leather jacket because I gotta show you this arm. This thing's so good. <laughs> <laughs> this arm is so good. I can't I'm just, <laughs> let me just it takes this. a while. It takes yeah. a while. <laughs> let me just let me just <laughs> rip this this leather jacket off because I, I gotta show it to you. It's awesome. It's good. Well, watching Bucky do his thing sort of made me wonder too, and this is not really what we we're going to talk about, but like, what would you wear if you had superpowers? Because like, you watch something like um, like Jessica Jones or one of the Netflix shows, and the street level heroes, other than Daredevil, um, don't really have suits, right? And so, uh-huh. Bucky is just wearing like, you know, as as Sam said, a tight T shirt and like a motorcycle jacket. Right, right, and but he's just, and he doesn't have the hair anymore or the mask or anything, so he just kind of looks like a guy running around. And for much of the show, he is, and it it it, uh, it it really made me wonder, like, what would I wear? I mean, right? I don't know. I mean, like, how do you protect yourself? I suppose it depends on your power situation. Bucky has he, the super serum, so he doesn't need to wear that much. He armor. does, but it doesn't make you bulletproof. No, which is kind of a funny thing. I don't know. They they that people don't really talk about too often. <laughs> It's like you're you're super powered, but you can get shot. Yes, it does seem like you can withstand a single bullet wound better than the average person. Right. Unless you can't. Well, I mean, unless it's fatal. Unless you get your head chopped off by a by a vibranium shield. Sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Brule, awesome. Zemo, I need more Zemo in my life. Well, and that goes back to the costuming for me because for him, it's like, okay, they give him the fur collar and the maroon shirt. So he's uh-huh. just, okay, I know what's coming, right? He's yeah. like, you're, you're giving me the, the indicators. So uh-huh. thought, yeah, he was great. How about Sharon? What do you think about Sharon? I don't really understand the unnecessary. I assume that's going to be the through line to another show because uh, yeah. otherwise it doesn't make a lot of sense to even bother with it. Right. But yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, they're setting her up to be the big bad in perhaps this, this next, this next, uh, this next phase of the universe like she's she's up to bad things is she just couldn't she still be working with fury because he's 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 extra judicial now right he's outside the state yeah but so you you think you think we'll see she's got she's got questionable motivations though yeah right she they're just mudding her water a little bit i do love me some sharon though do you think that she take that she took the super soldier serum 
she didn't good. seem too bothered by that gunshot. Yeah, that, <laughs> maybe. That's a good. That's a good thought. I mean, she had it in her possession, right? Yeah. At one point, so yeah. did she take I, some? Yeah. Can I slide? Okay. As we get out, as we as we exit this, we again liked it. Easy to poke holes in it, but the and let me one thing. I'm sorry, one thing I really want to say about Falcon is what I really okay. liked about the show is they got super creative in his combat skills with the wings mm-hmm. because that's something in the movies he, he does some of, and it's almost kind of hard to believe. It seems yeah. very like oh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like it feels like yeah. you're going to get killed. You're just some guy <laughs> with a wingsuit. <laughs> right. um, but watching him fight with the wingsuit on and uh-huh. the agility that he displayed, I really uh, kind of lends some credence to his previous, previous appearances yeah. in other movies. Yeah. Also, how hard would it be to fly really fast with a shield on your arm? Like, wouldn't your aerodynamics just go like crazy? Like, <laughs> just, just like, I don't know. I, it, the, the whole wings and a shield. It's, I don't know. It's too much. Well, it's we'll a, see. It's They'll not, work it out. Yeah. They'll work it out. They'll work it out. Um, and again, Kudos to Marvel for using these um, these these uh, series like this and WandaVision to bridge us into movies, like bridge you into the next movie. Like there's so much less you have to deal with from a movie perspective if you can just bridge people by putting out a six episode series here, a six episode series here. It's like it's so much it's going to be so much nicer when we get back into the theater level fare because you won't have to tell these stories. You don't have to. It's just like it, it, they're, they're treating it like comic books. It's like you have these you have these runs that turn into these giant, you know, like events, right? Where mm-hmm. they all come back together. Then you can break them apart, put them into series, and then tell some stories, and then bring them all back together again. And you don't have to explain shit, right? I'm with you. Which on is this. which is great. Which is great. We'll talk about Star Wars another time. But I'm going to end this segment with a little bit of a, a dad joke. I'm going to sneak a dad joke in here. Okay. You know the Winter Soldier just loves that singing lobster from The Little Mermaid. Why? You could say he's a Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yeah. He's a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> Segment number two. All right. Speaking of bad parents, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's totally it does seem like jokes. Bucky might not be a great parent. He, uh, you know, he's, he's had a lot to deal with. The uh, there we we were, uh, uncovered a list of some some questionable parenting skills. Now, I'm going to have to tell you that as a parent, the last year has been challenging to say the least. No I'm shit. <laughs> so part of me goes through this list and thinks of these things, and I think to myself, I've kind of some some of them more than others, but a lot of times I can see both sides of this coin, right? You're, you know, as a parent, you're trying to instill some like responsibility and well, all these other things into your kids. And sometimes, well, and sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to, sometimes, sometimes you, you, sometimes you give them a cookie and sometimes you have to yell at them. I mean, this is just kind of the, <laughs> this is the do this is the duality of being, of being a parent. Sure. And when I like, I get to a, almost a breaking point or, or just continued frustration, it's, it's like, do you think that I like this? Do you think that I enjoy making your life difficult? Right. All I ask is that you accomplish the things that we've agreed upon that are necessities. Right. Beyond that, I don't really give a shit what you want to do, as long as you don't break anything. <laughs> but we got to do, we got to check the box for A before we can move on to any right. secondary objectives. Yeah. Now, now this is a, so I'm going to open with this, this thing where it says, Things strict parents think they're teaching you, A, how to behave. Mm -hmm. What they're really teaching you is how to listen for footsteps, how to appear busy, how to manipulate someone into calming down, and how to lie on the spot. (laughs) True-ish. Like I had, I had, my, my parents were strict in, in, in certain ways, and I guess I understand that second piece a little bit, but how else are you supposed to teach these kids out? <laughs> well, it depends on what we're defining as strict, but right. I mean, I'm not, again, this goes back to, I don't care what you're doing. If you're, well, I care in the sense that I have to manage some of the expectations and the things you're doing. And you can't just be, you know, facing a screen the entire afternoon after you're off school, but I'm fairly lenient on that stuff. If what you need to get done is done. 
And I think that comes from my own personal, like, like that's internal for like, that's an internal thing for me because as a child, I was always like this. My parents weren't particularly strict, but they didn't have to be because I was like, I just didn't, it wasn't worth the trouble to get in trouble for me. Right. That was the thing. Like I, I never really worked as hard as I probably should have at school. But I did enough to get good enough grades and nobody ever harassed me about it. And that's all that I really cared about. (laughs) Isn't that really just what, yeah, my childhood's very similar. Like I'm the third of three kids. Like as long as I got good grades and showed up for dinner on time, like my life was my own. Like I could Mm -hmm. just do whatever I wanted. And And my parents were young and they worked. And so like my parents were busy trying to build their lives. And Mm -hmm. I was, they were like, yeah, we'll feed you and stuff. But for the most part, if you can just. You know, take care of yourself. We're good with that. <laughs> right, right. And and you learn to value that freedom, right? You learn uh, to value much, that. Yeah. And that's, it, it sort of seeps into our adult lives a little bit. It's, it sort of definitely seeps into my adult lives. Like, why are you yelling at me? I'm fine. Like, I, we, we took care of it. Like, why? What's, what's the problem here? It's like, oh, yeah. No, but I, but I think that's good. See, I think that's actually good workplace leadership because I'm definitely at the point where if somebody started yelling at me at work, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you yelling at what? At work? <laughs> right. About what? Did somebody get hurt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one, no one, no one dies on the table at my job. So uh, you know. It's, but it's I also all... make sure that I always, you know, do enough to never get harassed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this here's a young lady who says, "I I decided to finally go get vaccinated behind my anti-vax parents' back." <laughs> oh yeah, This is is this is kind of a this is a this is. This is really a situation that I never really thought about. I always think about like people maybe like a second generation person saying I'm anti-vax and then their parents are like go get vaccinated. It's like no, I don't believe in vaccination. I never think of it like this. Is this is this I think that the a lot of the situation has reversed because there has been the the the, the internet and cable news has poisoned a whole bunch of people's brains. So they're like, if you're, you know, if you're young enough to have critical thinking skills and not just have consumed this same thing, like if you, I don't know like how you break away from that. I guess you just are blessed with enough sort of intelligence and questioning to, you know, seek out your own version of whatever your insane parents are telling you. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I can relate to this in the sense that my parents went to church and I didn't. Yeah. I, I was like, I went and I was like, yeah, so this seems like bullshit. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go here anymore. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like that second generation choosing a religion or not religion or different religion or or different beliefs in that way. I mean, that seems it's very It's the same calm. thing. Yeah, just, just, it is the just, same thing. This is basically, this is this kind of turns it on the head, though. It's like, I have anti-vax parents, but I'm going to get a vaccination. Well, good for her. Good yeah, for her. Well, my for parents f- are flat earthers, and so I'm going to become an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sail around the world on a, on a sailboat. Mom, mom, I went to the moon. Okay, mom, mom. I went to the moon. I promise you. <laughs> Nature works in circles, man. Nature's all about spheres and circles. That It loves that. You know, Energy. Energy yeah. fields. Exactly. Nature hates a straight line, but loves a circle. Mm-hmm. Just loves it. All right. This is more of a am I the asshole, which okay. is, I'll never forget it when my sister hit my car and her and my mom kept it a secret from me. I noticed while on campus and filed a police report and everything. I called my mom crying and she said she really had the audacity to say, I hope they find who did it, sweetie. (laughs) It be your own mom. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a situation where clearly um, your parents like your siblings better than you. (laughs) Because I can't imagine the motivation for feeling the need to hide you know, a transgression like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't imagine like one of my kids doing something to the other one or, or doing, you know, breaking something of theirs and me being like, well, I'll help you keep this a secret from your <laughs> sister. Right. You wrinkle up your sister's car and I'm going to hide it from her. That's like, you better go tell her and you better go figure out a way to pay for it. You don't yeah. wrinkle up someone's car. It's, this isn't like I wore your shirt and put a stain on it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I dropped ketchup on a hot dog on your sweatshirt. I mean, this is completely different. Yeah. I, I mean, I in college, I, I had a guy that I didn't get along with uh, decided to throw shit at my car, and I was driving it, and I, like, ripped the e-brake and got out, chased him down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and then beat him within an inch of his life, because, God damn it, no one throws shit at my car. Pretty much. <laughs> Here we go. Mother says she wants her daughter to get plastic surgery because ugly people get nowhere. Well, 
I mean, <laughs> what's that's uh, fucked up. <laughs> First of all, ugly people get somewhere all the time. Like the top five richest people on the planet are not particularly good looking. That's why, though. <laughs> so it really just depends on what kind of life you're trying to set them up for. <laughs> right. I mean, look at Khloe Kardashian. Look, I'm not trying. Like, I don't want to be mean, but uh, she has spent the last 15 years editing slowly editing. over time, editing, editing, editing to the point where she is a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And it probably has worked out better for her because she's been able to establish her own brand. But that's the industry that she's in, right? That's where she would. But that wasn't her choice. Sure. Um, now, whether or not now, I, I'm going to guess Chris probably encouraged a whole bunch of that. <laughs> really? I, I find that difficult to believe. But hey, you know, if you want to give if your you want to be an influencer, if you want to be a social media and Internet influencer. Yeah, you better sign up for the plastic surgery. Go for it. I actually, you know, it's funny because I kind of hate this because I watched, um, I can't remember what it was, but some sort of 90s drama, like movie, a famous one. I can't, it's it's in my brain. I can see the people, but I can't tell you which one it was. It doesn't matter. All right. But everybody has like their own teeth and like <laughs> visible flaws on their skin. Oh my God. And it's like, hey, like 90210. This, is, this is better. Like people look no. like this. Like I don't like movies now where, I mean, I, now that I notice it, like everyone's. It's the yeah. veneers that are really like I can't the teeth veneers is too much. Yeah, it's over the yeah exactly. Looking back, like, someone like Michael Caine can't get famous today. <laughs> like, like, at least he wouldn't be a leading man. He wouldn't be a he wouldn't be like he wouldn't have had the career he had. Right, because he just looks he's odd looking. But I do right. think it's sort of like everyone's bland. Right. There's no, there's no, there's no leading men with variety. Now, I mean, I guess we're getting like sort of the Adam drivers. Like yeah. that's about as ugly as you can be. Right. But there's still a whole bunch of women <laughs> that think he's super hot. Believe me, if he was working at the gas station, you would not pay him a second look. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but, that guy uh, looks like a big goober. What's his deal? <laughs> yeah. Why is he so intense and weird? Just like, <laughs> just let me pay for my gas, dude. And I mean, it's one of those things, though, where as you like, I, I think he's a really good actor, so he starts to become more attractive, and that's one of those things that we don't get a lot of anymore, right? Um, and right. It, because because the gatekeepers will say, you know, you're talented, but those teeth, you got to get those teeth fucking fixed, and yeah. then that's how it works. All right, my daughter scored a ninety three percent in tenth. I'm very disappointed. Should I punish her? <laughs> my daughter got an A. Should I punish her? <laughs> No, 93, or as my mom would like to call it, F minus. That's what, uh, S, I'm Asian. That's an A. That's That's an a. a. We, are, we are Asians, not Bijans or Cisians. That's maybe. great. What's on the report card? <laughs> a. What's on the GPA? A. <laughs> All right. All right. I got to read this last week because this made me laugh, laugh, laugh. Okay. Happy Mother's Day to the woman who called the cops on me when she didn't find me in my room sleeping in the middle of the night and thought I snuck out of the house. I was downstairs in the kitchen eating cereal and also 22. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. God, Bob. Look Mom. what we've done. We've created a world where a 22-year-old man cannot afford to get his own place and has to crash <laughs> at his parents' house. The cops call him. I, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I had a breaking point with my parents, and I feel like I've told this story before, but like, I stayed out past curfew or whatever. It was like right before I was graduating senior year. And um, I got home and my mom was like waiting up for me and like dramatically turned on the light in the living room. Yeah. Like when I came in and started to lay into me and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm out of here in like three months. I've gotten straight A's. Yeah. Just why don't you just leave me alone? <laughs> right. She didn't like it. Yeah. My, my mom did something similar. I, when uh, I had come back from uh, my first Christmas break, from being a freshman in college and had been hadn't used to gotten gotten used to a certain amount of freedom. Right. And I stayed out all late and didn't call. Right. And I came home and I got myself ready for bed and I jumped in the bed to go to sleep and oh bonk. My mom is sleeping in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for me to get home. <laughs> she got mad at me. She's like, you need to call if you're gonna stay out this late. I'm like, that's fair. I will call next. I will let you know that I'm staying out. Just assume I'm staying out all night every night. <laughs> right. That's I just established that. Like I'm leaving. When are you coming back? I don't know. Just, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's fine. If, if you don't police... hear from me tomorrow, concern yourselves. <laughs> but you know I'll show up because you know I need clean clothes. So you know 
And I'm not doing my own laundry. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. All right. No arguments. <laughs> segment number three. All right. In segment number three, we're doing a quiz. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. Arr. The quiz. These are good, though. So this is this this one is um, this quiz is uh, famous roommates. And okay. it's funny because when I mentioned this earlier today, you sent me back a gif of Cousin Larry and Balky Bartokamus. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendously famous roommates. No question about it. Well, when you first put it on the on the, uh, on the the rundown, it just says a quiz. And I'm like, can I get a category? I'm like, <laughs> no. something? No, cold. Just, I'm going to ask you any kind of questions you don't know. Have this cold. It's basically, uh, you know, I, I'll name you. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, um, I'll give you a little bit of story. I'll give you one of the roommates and you'll give me the other roommate, right? Okay. Like, I'll start you off with an easy one. It's like, you know, this gentleman, you know, the, these roommates won a best screenwriting Oscar okay. together. Okay. Matt After Damon Roy and Ben Affleck. Affleck. I would say, and Ben Affleck and his, and his, and his, uh, and his uh, roommate okay. is. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Perfect. Okay. Got it. All right. All right. Um, after randomly being paired during their freshman year at Harvard, they decided to room together for the rest of their time in 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 college. Right. Okay. One is actor Tommy Lee Jones. Al Gore. And his famous comic is Al Gore. I remember that because of the convention speech. Very good. Yes, they were they were they were roommates in college. That's the first presidential election I got to vote in. So. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, these two comedians were eking out a living in Los Angeles. Okay. While trying to break into show business. Unheard of. Unheard of. One is Adam Sandler and his, and his roommate at the time is director. Director. God. Now director. So struggling stand up, now director. Uh, yes. Can I ask questions? Yes. Feel free to answer. Um, have questions. they made a movie together? Has he? Yes. Has the director, but has the director directed the comedian? Or yes. You know, it's Adam Sandler, right? Yes. It's not. I don't know the guy. The guy's name. Um, if you give me one of his other movies, I will. I will give you the. Well, correct. who's the guy that directs all the all the Sandler movies? Like Doug Hurley or something like that? No, no, that's not him. Okay. He's um, a he's a very high functioning high functioning director, comedic director. I don't know. It's Judd Apatow. Oh, okay. I don't think of funny people as an Adam Sandler movie. I don't think I don't think they got I don't think they got laid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, let's see here. Oh, here we go. These two roommates attended New York's famed Hooliard School. Okay. Is that the graduate of where, where Juan Kenobi went to school? <laughs> yes. Okay. One is Superman Christopher Reeve, and his famous roommate is comedian and Oscar winner. This has got to be like before I was even born. No. Yeah. If they were in college. Reeve, they, were, they were at Hooliard together. <laughs> Christopher Reeve, Hooliard. who's Superman, yeah. and his, his college roommate is Oscar winner, comedian, and also passed away they're both they're both passed away christopher reeve and this and this and his famous his famous roommate oscar winning comedian mm-hmm. from new york city maybe that'll help they're, they're they're in new york they're well no i don't think he's from new york city they just went to juilliard together he's a very famous comedian and actor and oscar winner god um and he's, you said he passed away? Yes, he's passed away. Robin Williams. It is Robin Williams. All right. I never yeah. would have known that. that that's definitely, that, that all definitely occurred before I was born. Yeah, well, so no, that know. definitely occurred. But he, he was famous while you were alive, yes. is what I'm saying. Yes. But when, you, they were, when they were roommates, I was well, not alive. No. No, you were not. <laughs> These two attended the University of Texas at Austin and were roommates together. Matthew one McConaughey. Is, <laughs> one is a famous director, and his best buddy actor is Owen Wilson. I should have done this the other way around. Okay. Because it would have been it would have made because because you would have known it would have been easier. So Owen Wilson is college roommates with a, a famous director. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, um, and just think of every Owen Wilson. Like all I the am, artsy, I'm trying. I'm trying. Ar- think of the artsy Owen Wilson movies, not the not the not the the dumb ones. Uh, what is his name? Oh my god, um, uh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Okay. Very good. Thank Did I ever tell you the story about my, my, my sister? Was We were talking one day, just random, and she's like, it's like my that my friend from college who does those Guardian of the Galaxy movies. Oh, James Gunn. I'm like, I'm like James Gunn? She says, yeah, Jimmy. He used to live down the, like, uh, like, and he used to hang out in the room all the time at St. Louis University. And I was like, that's bullshit. And I had to look up James Gunn's, like, Wikipedia. He's like, attended St. Louis University. I'm like, you know James Gunn? You know Jimmy? Weird. I'm like, this is- I like the way that she's. He does those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. <laughs> yeah, like all derisive, right? Like, oh, the Guardian of the Galaxy movies. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. So these two actors okay. attended um, Sunny. What is that? It's a State University of New York. State University of New York in yeah. Purchase. Sunny. I don't know. I don't know where Purchase Sunny. All right. The um, one is Stanley Tucci. Okay. And his roommate. I, I have was nothing. Named, his name's Irving, who Stanley got him to shorten his first name to how you know him today. His roommate is Irving. I don't know. I, have not, I got nothing. Give me, give me another, Clint. Give me some other information about the, the unknown party. Um, let's see. Um, every, anything I would give you here at this point is going to be, uh, um, um, it's going to give it away. But if, okay, so if you were to shorten Irving, he could be either Irv or he could be. Oh, Ving Rames? Is Ving Rames. Oh, well, well, you should have, when I said, here's a hint, you should have said, well, does he look like a bitch? <laughs> You gotta treat him like a bitch. You're right. I should. I should Even if it that. gave it away, I mean, that's just that's that was the move. All right. Or you All could right. have told me he has the meats. I would like that. <laughs> These two were head coaches. One was a head coach in the NBA, and the other was an NFL coach. And they both attended the University of Minnesota together. The NBA coach was the late Flip Saunders, and his. And his uh, and his famous uh, NBA, uh, his famous NFL coach roommate um, is who? Pete Carroll. <laughs> I don't have any idea. <laughs> uh, famous for coaching the Buccaneers and the Colts. The Colts. Uh, Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Okay. Yeah. I wonder what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Dungy. I think Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy played in the NFL. I mean, they were. I mean, did Flip Saunders play in the NBA? How do you, I don't. I, did, I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough uh, of um, looking to know. But the. Uh, but it's funny that both of those guys room together. Who's didn't? Now, we get a ton of stories these days about people who are on the same coaching staffs together, right? Like mm-hmm. they learned under so and so, and then now they learn, and then blah 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 blah. But uh, but you know, taking taking uh, being college roommates with somebody. Um, anyway, here's another one. Okay, they were roommates at the University of Houston. One being a famous golfer, oh, I know and his announcer buddy. It's Fred Couples and Jim Nance. It's Fred Couples and Jim Nance. That one, I just I just know that. Yeah. That's a Fred Couples is from Washington thing, and Jim Nance talks about it all the time. <laughs> it's hard not to know that, right? That's a that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty easy that's a pretty easy one. That's just we're we're golf fans. We're gonna that's the kind of thing you're just gonna know. Exactly, exactly. The um, there's just you know it's let's see here. Let me they get uh they get they sometimes they get a little uh, a little too uh oh here's a here's a uh, here's a an Oscar-winning actresses, okay, who um, randomly assigned his roommates while studying at the Yale School of Drama. One is recent. Uh, one is not so recent. Um, Academy Award winner Holly Hunter, and her famous roommate, just won the Academy Award for Best Actress. 
I had no idea that she roomed with Francis McDormand at Yale. She did. I like it when you make it easy. That was way better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. I think this is the last one. Okay, last one. These two had actors. These two actors had parents who were successful in the entertainment industry. And for years in the 80s, they lived together while trying to start their careers and probably never had any drug-fueled parties or got laid, ever. Are you going to give me one or you're just... (laughs) Uh, one is one is Kiefer Sutherland and his oh, Robert Downey roommate. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Imagine? I thought I thought that's what you're getting at, but I wasn't certain. Could you imagine living with those? Imagine those two guys living in the same apartment. I imagine. Um, I didn't make a tasteless comment about women, so let's just move on. <laughs> Problems. I'm sure there were lots of tasteless comments about women made in their apartment. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I'm Either, righteous. What... <laughs> The, uh, there's got to be a that would be a good that'd be a good three men and a baby. Who are we gonna put in the three men and a baby with Kiefer and Robert Downey Jr. Kiefer, okay, twenty five year old Kiefer Sutherland, twenty five year old Robert Downey Jr. Who's the third person in three men and a baby for these guys? At that time, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think River's old enough, is he? It's obviously Charlie Sheen. Oh, of course, <laughs> God. Could you? I would watch Three Men and a Baby with Kiefer. Robert Downey Jr. and Charlie Sheen. That would be a great movie. Not now, but yeah, back no, then. No, now. Anytime. No, now. Any, anytime. From the time yeah. they're 20 to the time they're 60, I will watch Three Men and a Baby starring these three guys anytime. Ja- that might so be Jack a... Bauer, Iron Man, Jack Bauer, Tony Stark, and Charlie Sheen. Charlie. <laughs> three Men and a Baby. We might have that, that might have to be a segment sometime down the road. Like, we're going to recast Three Men and a Baby. With three people who are who are somewhat somewhat uh, the recasting call, <laughs> recasting call. Three men and a baby. My first, my first, uh, my first submission is Kiefer, Robert Downey Jr., and Charlie Sheen. All right. Well, if any of our listeners have ideas for, they're three men and a baby, or perhaps three women and a baby. That seems maybe three women and a baby would be good. It could I'd be. Like yeah, it. you flip it on its head, right? Remake it. Yeah. There. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what time this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. The stupidest things ever said. Oh. <laughs> just exasperation. <laughs> oh. Okay, what are you, so like Tiger Woods. Oh. Oh. Engage the glutes. Uh, menu items from a Vietnamese restaurant. This is from Vancouver, BC. Mm. Concrete lemon garlic, concrete barbecue sauce, ass tunnel tail cement, concrete rib roast with salt and chili. What do these people think the word concrete means? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. What are they messing up here? I. I, I so it's so the first two are sauces, right? Lemon garlic. Uh huh. Uh huh. And barbecue Con- sauce. Uh-huh. What but then there's ass tunnel tail cement. So there's a weird like concrete cement situation <laughs> where they're clearly like they're just the whatever the root word is, they're just they've lost it. And then concrete rib roast. Concrete. I wonder what they're trying to say. I don't know. That's funny. I don't know. Charred maybe? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Alright. I wish we could find out. That's what I yeah. don't like about the segment. Like there's no answers. I try to Google one in here, I can't find it. It doesn't exist. Alright, so these are uh, some subtitles we got two. One is from Star Trek, and the second is from Breaking Bad. The first one is Sobbing Mathematically. <laughs> Spock, Sobbing yes. Mathematically. Yes. Uh, probably Data. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and then this one you've probably seen as a meme, Intensity Intensifies. <laughs> Intensity Intensifies. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I, I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Why? So, I don't you know. have a whole just... reason about how you don't want to watch it. No, I mean... My wife started watching it, and then she was like two and a half seasons into it, and I just didn't feel like catching up. So I was like, all right, just tell me about it later. You missed out. That's fine. This is uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Everything's great about Jean-Claude Van Damme. I wish I could do the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Air is beautiful, yet you cannot see it. It's soft, yet you cannot touch it. Air is a little like my brain. <laughs> I only do one. I only do one Jean Claude Van Damme uh, impression, and it's from Double Impact. And he says, "You of all people should know, I would never in my life wear the black silk underwear." 
Thank you. Thank you. That's my only Jean-Claude Van Damme impression. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Thank you. I'm here. I'm here to help. I like the idea that there's... I forget that there's someone that should know about the black silk underwear. Uh, Overheard Underwear. Underwear. (laughs) Overheard in a bookstore. I don't like biographies. The main character pretty much always dies in the end. You gotta read autobiographies. (laughs) That's true. They don't die in those. Generally not. So this must be from the Amelia Bedelia Bakery. It says, happy birthday, Kathy with a C. Like, with a S-E-A. <laughs> Kathy with a K, with an S-E-A. That's what it says. Kathy Cat- with a C. Well, wait. Well, why didn't they just spell Kathy with a C? Right. On well, the order form. They called it in. Oh. Kathy with a C. Okay, sure. <laughs> Fucking idiots. All right. All right. There's a, uh, there's a, there's a, um, there's a theory that the Starbucks people will write your name on the cup all fucked up it, just so you'll put it on Instagram uh-huh. or just so you'll put it on social media. I believe it. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what that bakery's doing. If they screw up your order enough, you'll be like, stupid Joe's bakery. What the hell? And then be like, that cake looks delicious, even though he wrote on it all crazy. Yeah. But nobody really cares about the coffee cup thing. I'd be pretty pissed if my cake had the wrong name on it. <laughs> Maybe. That's, I don't think that's a great marketing strategy. No. Uh, this next one comes from golf commentator Ken Brown. He says, he'll be listening in the rearview mirror for Tiger Woods. <laughs> I don't... How do you fuck that up? I don't, I don't know, man. You have to talk about... It. I know. Golf, golf, yeah, golf telecasts are hours long. Like, it's... Uh, who knows? Like, who knows what might be said? And finally, this is the one I spent some time on Google trying to find the context for. All right. Headline in a British newspaper. Local man covered in spiders ruins child's birthday party. <laughs> so I searched for it in quotes okay. because it's, okay. it's, a, it's a headline, right? Okay. I came up with one result and it is, uh, it's quoted in a 2018 article in the Times, uh, mm-hmm. but that's behind a paywall and I was not that committed to finding no. it. No. Well, why would you be? But it was an article about you shouldn't laugh at local newspapers suffering at the hands of the internet basically so i think it was that the the local news was like doing anything to try to get people to engage with it yeah and so he quotes a a couple of headlines in his article here at the top before the paywall starts like panic as man burns crumpets ghost gropes doris (laughs) (laughs) poor doris god that's awful some of the, wasn't there a woman who like married a ghost and then divorced the ghost? Right. No, that's true. The pirate I don't ghost. Think was, I don't think it was Doris though. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe is Doris. Maybe that's she, why they got divorced because he was groping Doris. <laughs> the pirate ghost groped yeah. Doris. Yeah, yeah. And that and that other woman just wasn't going to have it. Exactly. All right. Overtime. Overtime. All right. In overtime, I wrote the mom joke, <laughs> which which is different which, than your mom joke. No, it's different than your mom. Well, somebody on Twitter asked a very, very basic question. It's like we have dad jokes. What are the what? What would be a mom joke? And and I thought to myself, I can write a mom joke. Would you like to hear my mom joke? Of course, because I have no idea where we're going with this. Knock knock. Who's there? Do your fucking homework. Do your fucking homework who? <laughs> no, that's it. Okay. And clean up your room before you come down to dinner. See, Terrible. unfortunately, moms don't moms don't get to be like capricious douchebags like us dads. I am not. I am I am the shithead. <laughs> You're the shithead? Yeah. Well, we're co shitheads. Well, and and for the most part, and God bless my wife, I love her. Uh, but she often, sometimes I don't want to say anything racist, but no, but sometimes like, she, sometimes she has to play the role of the heavy. Like uh-huh. that's, I mean, and that's unfortunate for her sometimes because sometimes I don't think she wants to do it. Mm. I never want to do but, it. No, I never want to. Uh, sometimes I want to do it, but most of the time I don't, but, but it's that daily thing. It's the daily oh, yeah. thing where like she has to, she's on the, she's on the, she's on the daily grind and I'm like, and I have to swoop in for like big, big deals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like if they go wilding, I have to deal with it. But on the daily, daily, 
Like, so there are no mom jokes, which is wildly unfair. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm committed to, to, to coming up with a category of mom jokes. My um, experience is that a mom joke is one where mom has been thinking for a little while about whatever you were talking about and then makes a joke that is complete non sequitur because she's like three steps ahead away from what you were actually discussing five minutes ago. <laughs> and so no one has any idea what she's talking about. That's what my experience is with the mom joke. No offense to mom. And then she laughs. And then you laugh and you're like, what And I'm like, and then I feel about? bad. I'm like, what are, what are you what? talking about? Yeah. So, and then she looks at you and cocks her head. And goes, we were just talking about it. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> 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 so i'm not burning all the moms out there i know you got a hard job you have to deal with us and kids it's not easy like i'm not saying it's easy to have to deal with me and my children but you know but she gets much love but she also there are also no mom jokes there should be a mom joke there should be a category of mom jokes and i'm and, and i'm committed to trying to come up with one so if you can think of something that might can be considered a mom joke we'll take it in twitter or you don't use my mom joke. Don't tell my mom joke to your to your wife, who might be a mother, or your mom. <laughs> you know, unless your mom's cool with casual profanity, which mine is not. So, my mom has. I've, I've inured her to it. Not too heavy, not too heavy. Here and there you for know, emphasis. My mother may, God bless her, go to her grave some many years from now, never having me cursed. In her pre- directly in her presence, old school, old school. I just know. I mean, she's probably heard me curse from the other room, <laughs> right? But right. I've never been sitting with my mother at a table or in in her direct presence and cursed. Really? Like you never dropped something and said shit? Uh. Uh-uh. No. When she's in the room, man, I get like I go on high alert. Mm. I just I don't want to I don't want to say curse words in front of my mom. It's not something I do. Good for you. Yeah, so I wouldn't tell her this mom joke. Hey, mom, want to hear a joke? Knock, knock. <laughs> it's my mom joke. What about you watch a movie with the swears in it? Oh, sure. Okay. I I once... Okay, so we were on vacation one time in Colorado. And it was like, you know, around the Christmas time we were skiing. And I was up late at night. And my mom's kind of a night owl. So I was up at like midnight. I was sitting there watching. I was watching some TV. And my mom came out. She came, sat down with me, and she was. We were talking about stuff, and and unbeknownst to me, the dice clay comedy special had started while I was talking to my mom, <laughs> and I didn't notice. I didn't notice that it hit. And if you're not familiar with the dice man cometh, which is, it might be funny to you, <laughs> may or may not, but he opens this act with. So I got my tongue up this chick's ass. That's how he opens the show. And I'm sitting here with my mom and this like New York Goomba guy comes out dressed like Elvis and goes, I got this tongue up this chick's ass. I'm like, where is the remote? Where is this remote control? She's like, no, no, no. I want to hear the rest. <laughs> right yeah. Don't change I, it. Yeah. I change it. She goes, what? You're not going to wait for the, uh, the, you know, the mother goose jokes. I'm like, what mom? You're so like, hip. You're uncomfortable <laughs> eating ass, huh, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> You have me thinking also, though, about division of labor earlier when you're talking about discipline. Uh-huh. And I, I realize that I'm very fortunate to live in, in what I would consider a very... Um, uh, our, my wife and I are partners in our life. Sure. Like we, we, our, our division of labor is, is um, pretty uh, pretty equitable. Now, there's definitely things that, you know, we, we kind of... I do certain things, she does certain things, we share certain things. But when it comes to the kids, it's it's definitely like a... It's a joint effort. Yeah. Um, and... But I'm, I mean, I'm up their ass all the time because <laughs> like, they've been here and I, and I just, I, I, um, my job is just like sort of schedule wise, a little more flexible during the day. Like my, uh-huh. I, I have less meetings and more work. So sure. there's just, um, you can I, break, you can break away and deal with and stanch out fires here and there more so than she can. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's just meant that I've, I've, you know been on that and and I, yeah. I i but i'm also a fun dad so like the whole thing with 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 my kids is that it's just i'm trying to establish like look as long as you do these things that we all know we have to do right there'll be no problems and in fact yeah. you'll get privileges yeah but if you don't then you can get out of here <laughs> <laughs> get a job you're going to get a fucking job that's what you're gonna to have to do there's not a lot of job for eight-year-olds out there so so get your shit together 
our older daughter tonight. So she's, Dad, don't sit there on the couch. You always sit there. I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't want to sit there. And I'm like, how much money do you pay on mortgage? <laughs> right. I bought this couch. I pay for this house. I sit wherever I want. You get to pick from the leftovers. <laughs> I have priority. Your mother has priority. And whatever's left, that's it for you. All right. That's our show. All right. Thanks to all of you for listening to On 3 Pod, where we look outward or sometimes inward to help you do the same. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. If you didn't, don't. Drop us a review and subscribe if you're new. But until next week, when we return with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism, underwear. <laughs>